What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, uh, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, questions about justice and charity. I will then sit with your questions, pray with them. And hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. But my disclaimer is this, I'm not perfect. And so therefore, the advice that I give to you might not actually be good for you. If that's the case, then please reject whatever it is that I say that doesn't help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. But if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in prayer and study and scripture so that God can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship over time in your walk toward eternity if you're a first-time listener or a recurring listener and you want to hit me up with your own questions or comments or critiques from today's show or previous episodes any follow-up questions any glory stories of your own any feedback you could do so at www.ascensionpress.com slash ask father josh that's a-s-k-f-a-t-h-e-r-j-o-s-h and uh, I will receive them and eventually get to them so we can continue walking with each other toward Jesus. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Catholic guilt, Mary's titles, and discerning the diaconate. But before we get into those great topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story is this. It's just scripture is just so good. I'm just I'm loving the word of God, loving, loving, loving his word. I've been drawn particularly to the Old Testament lately. There's a bunch of passages that are just speaking to my heart and reminding me of just my place with God and like my place in my relationship with Jesus and how he's not calling me to, to, to do everything and like, for instance, uh, Ezekiel 34, you know, uh, the, the Lord will search out his flock and he will seek them out and he will rescue them from all the places they've been scattered during the time of the clouds. God will gather them and lead them out from the countries and the peoples and God will bring them to their own fertile land. God will feed them on Israel's high, highlands along with riverbeds and in the inhabited places, God will feed them in good pasture and, she and the sheepfold will be there and, and God will feed his flock. And just, yeah, I'm just I'm like, whoa, God will do all this. All I got to do is be faithful to the first mandate and pray. If I am faithful to the first mandate, God takes care of everything else, right? And, and he will use me. And if I'm faithful to prayer, I will be able to perceive when he's inviting me to speak and what he's inviting me to say. Uh, but in general, like, man, God's God got this. He has this. And so, yeah, there's just so many beautiful passages from the Old Testament that are just giving me life right now. They're feeding my soul. And so I'm just I'm super, super grateful for that, for the word of God. Uh, Isaiah 55, God's thoughts are not my thoughts. Neither are um, my ways, his ways as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are God's ways higher than my ways and God's thoughts than my thoughts. Yeah, this just give me so much freedom. So I'm just super grateful. So I don't know if you've spent time with the Old Testament lately, specifically and particularly the prophets, 
But I want to encourage you, right? Uh, the Lord wants to speak to you and I. He wants to talk. He wants us to listen. And so if you haven't prayed yet today, if you haven't read from the scriptures yet today, uh, or if you were not planning on reading from the Bible today, then please turn off my podcast right now. I don't care about the views. I don't care about the hits. I want you to listen to God before you listen to me. My words are not infallible. My words are not without error. My words are not totally inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Bible is. So turn me off, go to God. And then if you want, after you spend time with God, if he invites you, you come back to the podcast. But uh, yeah, please do not prioritize me or any other speaker over the voice of God in the Bible. Yeah, mm, he's just good. So with that being said, if, if you you know, are going to spend time with God in, in the word, then you can stay. And if you stay, let's go ahead and jump into today's show. First question is coming in from Liz, and it's about Catholic guilt. I currently run a young adult ministry in my area. I feel I have a gift for it, but lately I'm burned out, especially with how people treat me and, and their unwillingness to help me. I understand that we should offer it up or turn the other cheek with difficult situations. I feel guilty quitting because I feel like I'm not serving God and his people. When do you know enough is enough? How do I avoid Catholic guilt, Liz. This is a great question. A lot of people in ministry deal with this this question of burning out. So I think a few things. Um, one of my mentors, Bishop Shelton Fob, he told me years ago, he said, Josh, it's not about whether or not the people will accept you. It's about whether or not you will accept the people. And so we don't go into ministry because we want people to affirm us or encourage us or you know, or bless us with their words of kindness and everything else. No, like whenever the, the the disciples went out, they often went out into very hostile communities, but they went out because God called them to go there and they shared their gifts with those people. And many of the people ended up having conversions. I mean, think of some of the greatest saints like St. Isaac Jogues and St. John of Brebeuf. Whenever they came to this, this land, they were persecuted, but they stayed because of salvation of souls. They stayed because they were trying to help people to fall in love with God. And they were witnessing some of their supernatural fruit. They were witnessing people become disciples. They witnessed people fall in love with God. And so anytime we do ministry, we have to keep in mind, it's not about me. It's about them. And if I've been given a gift to serve that particular need, then I will do that, even if that means I'll be crucified. With that being said, that the next point is also very important to keep in mind when discerning ministry, when discerning working for the Lord, we need to look at and examine supernatural fruit. In my parish at Holy Rosary, we always examine supernatural fruit. When we look at the ministries we're doing, are people falling in love with God? Are people going to confession? Are people getting their marriages sacramentalized? Are people having a an extreme love for the poor like Jesus did? Are people working for justice? Are people whatever it is? Like are they they are they becoming more patient and kind and and exhibiting the virtues, right? Look for supernatural fruits because sometimes we do have a gift from God, but we're using it in the wrong place or space or in the wrong time. I remember one time I was working with this person who had so many gifts from God. But 
the gifts that he had from God were not being received well by anybody, but like the gifts were there. I saw the gifts. I affirmed the gifts. I recognized them. But I also was aware that the people in that particular community were not receiving them. He was not bearing any supernatural fruit. It was even causing division. And so I had to invite him and encourage him. Pretty much I had to ask him to leave. I had to ask him to, 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 to leave that particular ministry because there was no fruit there. Um, but I encouraged him that he did have a gift, but for whatever reason, it wasn't being received at this place. And so I encouraged him to go bring that gift elsewhere, which he did, and he began to see fruit again once he left that specific place. His gifts were not being received there, but they were being received somewhere else. And so the other thing to, to keep in mind is like, Lord, I feel called to young adult ministry, but is it in, the, in this season? Is it right now? Um, and is it for these people? Because if you're not seeing people have conversions, if you're not seeing people come back to the sacraments, if you're not witnessing people live, uh, and some people live lives of chastity and, um, and, and growth and holiness, if you're not witnessing people being more concerned about the poor than they are about themselves and working for justice and, and sharing the gospel and evangelizing and making disciples of all nations, then I think that that would be something to say like, okay, Lord, it's, it's, it's not me. It's just you're not calling me to do this right now with these people or in this place or in this space. And so... Um, yeah, I think that that's more what you what you look at. I mean, also, finally, number three is is you are the body of Christ to Liz. And if you perceive that like you're losing your peace, then that's another thing to do. It's like, all right, like I need to step back for a moment, right, and, and examine a few things. Like, all right, how's my prayer right now? Am I, am I more focused on my ministry than I am on God? Because if my ministry becomes my God, that becomes a problem. How's my prayer? Am I focused on Jesus and the love of Jesus that he has for me in prayer and my love for him? Uh, what's going on in your interior life? How's my sleep? Are you stressed out right now? Are you sleeping well? Are you eating well? Are you are you healthy? Like Because all that is going to play a role in burnout. How's your community? Are you fellowshipping with friends outside of ministry? Are you feeding yourself through relationships and through people? And so you need to examine all that. I think that sometimes we get so caught up in ministry that even if you are experiencing fruit and people are loving on you, you could still burn out. And so I think it's really important to have self-care. Are you taking a Sabbath day? Do you rest? Do you rest for a whole day? The Sabbath is not optional. It's one of the Ten Commandments. God rested. God rested. So if God rested, then we have to rest too because we're made in the image of God. So are you resting? Do you have a day of real rest? Are you doing unnecessary work? So I'll just encourage you to also examine that as well um, whenever you discern whether or not you should stay in your particular place that you find yourself in right now in the present moment. So hopefully, Liz, that was helpful. But in all, always ask Our Lady for help. Always turn to Our Blessed Mother. Uh, and she will bring you to Jesus. Speaking of Mary, next question comes in from Anonymous, and it's about Mary's titles. Blessings to you, Father Josh. You have great energy. Uh, energy, my energy, my energy, my energy is taking all of my energy. My energy, my energy is taking all of. That was a. Uh, that was like a sleeper hit. It really wasn't a big hit, but I enjoyed it from uh, Carrie Hilson back in the in the two thousands. Um, yeah. So information and music is the best way. It's best when you sing. Thank you. My question has to do with the different titles given to Mary, a Lady of Sorrows, a Lady of Peace, a Lady of Fatima, a Lady of Guadalupe. Could you explain the purpose of these titles and why you would pray for the intercession of Our Lady of Sorrows in particular, rather than praying to Mother Mary in general? Anonymous. That's a good question as well. So. 
Mary, uh, she appeared in a number of places, in particular places to particular people. And so with those times that Mary appeared, uh, there's a story there that might be more relatable, that might be more for you, right? Uh, and so like if you're struggling with if you're if you're if you're not seeing a lot of supernatural fruit, going back to that question in your ministry, then you want to turn to Our Lady Guadalupe because whenever she appeared in Guadalupe, Mexico, which is really interesting, that's the only time Mary painted herself. Every other apparition was of Mary, you know, by the grace of God, but it was interpreted through the lens of the visionary, and so the way that she was depicted was through the lens of the person who saw her, whereas this is the one time in history that Mary was like, nope, I'm painting myself, this is how I look, and so in that particular apparition, so she looked like an indigenous woman, very beautiful, but when she appeared there, the greatest number of converts to the church happened. So if you're like not seeing a lot of fruit in your ministry and your work and your geographical boundaries, then begin to specifically reach out to Our Lady Guadalupe because she did it then, she could do it again. And so uh, also she's uh, definitely a saint for us when it comes to idolatry. If you find that that there's a lot of idolatry happening, whether it's in your life or in your community's life, then, then she would be a specific title that you would potentially go to Mary under. You can always go to Mary in general, but it's just basically more personal. Like Our Lady Guadalupe, when you came here in the 1500s, a lot of the people who were Catholic were idolizing gold and money, and they were mistreating people to get money and to get gold, and that's not okay. That wasn't good. And so there are many Catholics today who are making an idol out of all these lesser goods and they're and they're not treating people well. They're putting all these things above people. They're 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 using uh, people and loving things. Uh, Mary, I need you for for their conversion or for for me for my conversion because I'm I'm thinking about other people, places, and things more than I'm thinking about God. I recognize I'm not fulfilling the commandments that God gave us in the Old Testament. I have false idols, so please come. But she also appeared before the sun because some of the other people in that land were worshiping sun gods. And so she was like, do not worship the sun, do not worship gold, worship my son, Jesus Christ, who is in my womb, right? Uh, and so she is certainly a patroness of the Americas. And so she's someone that we implore for our geographical boundaries because she appeared in, in the Americas, right? And so you would turn to her for different reasons, right? For Our Lady Fatima, whenever uh, she appeared in Fatima in 1917, she encouraged the children to, to have an interior life, to be disciples of Jesus, not of the future, but of the present moment, right? Like they were called to be in relationship with God as kids. Sometimes we look at children, we say, you're the future of the church. That's not true. They are the, they are the church today. Once you're baptized, you're the bride of Christ. You are the church. Uh, so she invited them to be disciples as little, small children, what, eight, nine, 10 years old. And so if you are doing youth ministry, Our Lady Fatima is somebody that you can implore to, to pray for the kids, to be disciples today, to be intentional, to be consistent, to have an interior life, to pray today, to not wait till their teenagers are in college or working or in family life or in their vocation, but to grow in their relationship with God through the rosary and through acts of penance as kids today. Uh, and so Our Lady Fatima is certainly uh, a title that we could look to for, for those reasons whenever it comes to our Lady of Lourdes, right? Miracles happened in Lourdes, France. Uh, when Bernadette dug up the water, people began to experience, again, physical healings. And so if you uh, have someone in your family who has cancer or AIDS or dementia or they lost, uh, they might be uh, limited in their body movements, they might be paralyzed or whatever it might be, uh, we can always implore Our Lady of Lourdes because in that place, God has worked miracles through her intercession, through that that place and space that he he assigned her to go uh, in the 1800s when Bernadette was there. So 
each of the titles just make it more personal. You can certainly just say Mother Mary in general. When it comes to like the specific one you asked about, like sorrows, like that's the specific title that Our Lady invites us to pray under, focusing on specific things. When we meditate on the mysteries of Our Lady of Sorrows, uh, some of the graces that that God promises us through Our Lady is that we will have peace in our families eventually in God's will and time, that we will gain insights into the mysteries of God through Scripture, that we will be defended by our Lord uh, through Our Lady's prayers against the attacks of Satan, that we will have help from our Blessed Mother at the hour of our death so that we can remain and abide in relationship with Jesus and persevere by the grace of God. So there are also unique graces that can come from uh, the different titles that Our Lady has revealed and shared with us, the Church, uh, through her apparitions, through her visions, through locutions, through the writings of the saints and the wisdom of of those who have preceded us in our walk toward eternity. And so that's uh, one of the reasons why there's so many different titles. Uh, one is because of the place. It's the same Mary, but just different places. Our Lady of Fatima is a place. Like Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Calcutta is a place. Uh, Teresa of Avila. Avila is a place. So Mary appeared in Guadalupe. She appeared in Cabejo, Africa. She appeared in Akita. She appeared in Lourdes. So those are places, but then there's also titles, right? Our Lady of Hope. Our Lady of Sorrows, Our Lady of the Smile, um, that are also important, and they help us to have a different devotion to Jesus through her intercession. So hopefully that was helpful. We're going to take a quick break, and whenever we come back, we're going to dive into our final question about discernment of the diaconate. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Sonia Corbett, the Bible Study Evangelista. When I became Catholic, I had a really hard time understanding the role Mary was supposed to play in my life. So I went to her, and I told her, I just don't get it. I need your help. And guess what? Mary did just that. She showed me a way to pray that has revolutionized my entire life. Mary has been called the mother of listening. She didn't just hear the word. She knew how to hear it in light of her own relationships, circumstances, and habits. And then she let the word transform her. I realized that I had to share what I was learning about Mary's way of praying with others. So I wrote How to Pray Like Mary, a step-by-step guide to discovering God's voice in the scriptures and letting Him transform your heart. I invite you to learn more about How to Pray Like Mary at ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, that's A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also send me a voice note and we can play it on future shows. Don't forget to rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats and share us on your social media pages. This helps other people to find out about the show. If it's been a gift for you, potentially it could become a gift for other people as well. So last question for today comes in from Scott. Scotty, I listen to every podcast and I discern. I've been asked to undergo discernment regarding entering the studies to become a deacon. Do you have advice for this potential journey? I do believe I have this calling and it is in my thoughts and prayers always, but I'm fearful of not being worthy. Scott from Toronto, Canada. I mean, the good news is this, Scott, none of us are worthy, but God still calls us. God still calls us. God sees uh, Peter and Simon. Simon can't see the Peter within him, but Jesus saw that. And so nobody's worthy, but, but God's grace over time perfects us. And so uh, what's my advice for you if you've been, it sounds like you've been asked to undergo discernment. So maybe your pastor or someone asked you, they might see something in you again that you don't see in yourself. So I would just say a few things. Number one, prioritize prayer. Prioritize, we need holy deacons. If you're going to be a deacon, we need you to be a holy deacon. We don't need mediocre deacons. So be a man of intentional prayer, which means you spend time every single day with Jesus Christ in prayer, 30 minutes to an hour every single day 
focusing on the love of God, the voice of God, your love for him, his love for you. Be a man of prayer. Be rooted in prayer. Remain in a state of grace. Be a man of the sacraments. Receive communion as often as possible. Receive the sacrament of reconciliation consistently and intentionally. You're going to need to be in a state of grace if you're going to be serving the Lord in this particular um, calling. If you don't already have a spiritual director, then in addition to talking to your pastor, I really would encourage you to get a spiritual director that could be a man or a woman. It could be an ordained person or a lay person or a consecrated person, but someone who knows the spiritual life who can accompany you in your relationship with Jesus, not just with discernment, but specifically in just your relationship with the Lord. What's God saying to you? Spend time with other permanent deacons. Get to know deacons and their families. Talk to their wives with your wife if you're married. Uh, sit with their families and ask them their experience. Sometimes it's good to get proximate to people who are already living that vocation. Talk with your wife about it. You cannot discern this vocation unless your wife is totally on board because it's going to totally affect your family uh, in a positive way, but it will also be a cross in many ways as well. So you need to have her as a necessary member of discernment for you with your pastor and your church and your bishop as you're potentially moving forward. Bring this discernment to the light, right? Talk to other people about it. Uh, and remember that just because you might enter into formation of the diaconate, which can be anywhere between five to seven years, right? when you enter into formation, you're not saying you're going to be a deacon. You're saying you're going to learn. You're going to place yourself in a, an environment that's conducive to discovering. And so as you are in this environment, if you experience peace and joy and you're seeing fruit and your wife's on board and your pastor's on board and like you're discerning with the church. And so um, like stay there. But if you don't see that if you're not experiencing peace, then you're free to leave. And keep in mind that you're not discerning by yourself. Whenever you are invited to discern a state of life vocation with regards to ordination, uh, the episcopacy, uh, the priesthood, the diaconate, even religious life for, for, for young men and women. It's important to remember that, that the church is going to discern with you. You ain't doing it by yourself. And so that's one of the gifts of the church is that you have a number of people who are going to be formators who are going to also help you to see like, you know what? We think you're a good man. We think you're going to be a saint, but this is not the path for you to be a saint. This would not be good for you or your family or the church. Um, not because there's something wrong with you. It's just because it's not for you. I do that as a vocation nurturer. I do it all the time. I meet with people and I walk with them and I'm I, I'm like, nope, you know what? You're really holy. You're really great. But diocesan priesthood would not be good for you. You would be crushed by the diocesan priesthood. Maybe religious life is for you, but it's not that you're not holy or not good. It's just that you're not called to this particular place in the body of Christ. And so keep asking the Lord and the church to walk with you as you discern, like, God, are you inviting me to be in this specific place and space in the body of Christ? Will it be for my good and the good of the church? And if it's not, then I will be a saint as a layman. Um, and if it is, then I will be ordained to the diaconate and I will serve the church for however many years God invites me to do so in my walk toward eternity. So, um, yeah, that's some things that I would invite you to uh, pray with. And specifically, too, like pray with the deacons in Scripture, Scott. Like pray with the roles of the, to the diaconate in Scripture as well. That would be very helpful um, for you and for the church. So that's what I think about that. Um, yeah, that's what I got. That's what I got for today. And so I, uh, I'm i going to go pray some more. I'm I'm in a beautiful place right now of prayer. And so I think I'm going to go chill. I'm going to just chill. Hey. I'm going to settle down. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, just me and you, Jesus. Uh, he is my best friend. I'm going to love him to the very end. Hey, hey, just me and God. So, yeah, 
I'm going to go pray right now. So this was great. Love y'all so much. Stay tuned. Keep sending the questions in. I love them, and I love you. And uh, let's keep walking with each other toward heaven. Deuces. Deuces.